welcome to Flavor Report, where we are obsessed with everyone's next question. What's this going to taste like? Whether you're at home, a night out in your city, or traveling in a city somewhere in this beautiful world, we are here to help you. My name is Joe Winger. Today's conversations with Darko Mandich, a food entrepreneur in San Francisco. After spending almost a decade in the European honey industry as a business executive, Darko committed to reimagining the honey industry to become sustainable. Darko immigrated from Europe to California to launch Melody, the world's first plant-based honey brand. Darko is an advocate of saving bees and wild pollinators. And now, Darko, you're sitting here with me now, looking forward to this conversation. Darko, welcome to Flavor Report. Thank you for joining us today. You're in San Francisco, so I know it's early for you, but I really appreciate your time. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk today about all things bees, honey, uh, plants, um, and uh, introduce something delicious to your audience. I love it. I love it. Uh, before we start, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing before you launch this project. Um, before uh, launching uh, my current company and, and the brand that we have, um, I was in a different geography. Uh, I grew up and spent most of my uh, life in Eastern Europe. And um, in 2012, I finished my business school. And my first job straight from the business school was, uh, a, you know, a standard position, which is a management trainee in a, in a, big, in a big company. But that company was uh, actually a honey company. So uh, before, um, you know, before changing the honey industry and, and you know, uh, introducing a twist to it, I've been part of a um, food industry, honey industry, worked for many honey companies in Europe before I decided to uh, immigrate to the U.S. Outstanding. Um, I guess a basic question, why honey? Was it a personal passion or where did that come from for you? Honestly, at that time, it was a great opportunity in a very interesting company that had many different divisions, uh, all related to food and agriculture. Um, I think, <clears throat> I think uh, it's my grandma's fault that I got into the food industry because um, I remember when I was a kid, my grandma and my mom and dad, they were running a, a tiny tavern in the Mediterranean coastline and, you know, Seeing people, seeing people gathered around the food, seeing people running around prepping the food, and also, you know, in my family, uh, whenever we would have, you know, guests visiting our home, there's always going to be like plenty of food, and I think, you know, that's like that was like subliminally inserted in my in my brain, and uh, um, even though um, even though that I pursued business and entrepreneurship and something that excites me. I think in the background of all of that was was food, and I don't mind that because I'm foodie myself. So I, I, what I'm curious about is, I feel like in the past months and years, honey has become such a hot topic. Why why has honey become so important to us today, right now? Why is it on everyone's mind? There's so many angles that uh, uh, matter 
uh, in responding to your question. And since you gave me the liberty of almost unlimited time to talk about it, I'm happy to touch upon uh, different angles that matter here. Um, if you ask consumers, and if you ask consumers in the US, they most prefer sweetener is honey. Um, why is that? Um, not only in the US, but also in many other geographies. The reason for that is because people understand that honey has the sugar part of it that you know gives you a kick, gives you energy, but honey also has a very exciting non-sugary part to it, which makes it a better for you, um, I would say the best for you sweetener out there that um, someone can can use. Also, there's there's really <clears throat> there's something about you know the mythology of honey. You know, there's this Greek goddess of honey. Uh, honey has been presented as a divine product across many religious books in different uh, religious. And also, you know, history is uh, telling so many interesting stories about honey. Uh, I think uh, around 200 years ago, um, uh, they unsealed Egyptian pyramids, got inside, found a bunch of things. And amongst others, there was honey in a, in a, in a, in a pot and you know what? That honey was edible. And no food in the world would actually stand against that shelf life because uh, of special um, special levels of, you know, combinations of sugar, acidity, pH. Now I'm getting, I'm not, now I'm nerding out, but the thing is, honey is very special. It will never go bad. You know, there's kind of official shelf life to honey, but honey will actually never go bad. And I think... If you um, connect all these things and consumers looking for better solutions, looking for something that can satisfy them, not only on a taste, but on a nutritious level, honey became so popular. And um, I had a chance to witness uh, this across my decade old career in the US and, and, and before that in Europe. And look, I was very excited about honey. I didn't know much about it. When I joined that company, but when I started learning about it, I was like, wow, this product is, is, is really amazing. There's a lot of people who are watching who do have a grocery background or an entrepreneurial background. And my understanding is that you had to go out and raise money for this company. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, um, that's correct. But I would, I, would, I would take a step back and say that um, me and my team, we went out there and we raised the money for a vision. And that vision is the world in which uh, humans and bees thrive. Um, because, um, you know, learning about how honey is awesome, I also got to learn and participate in the industry of making the honey. And um, when you join an industry and when you start learning about it, um, you get to, um, you know, see it from, you know, 360. And um, things that I started learning towards the end of my career in the traditional honey industry is uh, I started to I started to become aware of the practices that are happening and that those little creatures that are actually making this product for us. So that that seeing that was um, something that really inspired me to think about our future, our mm -hmm. future as humans on this planet that's very much connected to the, those lovely creatures, the bees that pollinate our plants, keep our planet and ourselves alive. And seeing how the honey industry, commercial beekeeping practices are, are literally not empowering that, 
taking advantage of that um, important animal, I, I started started thinking, you know, differently. And for me, at that moment, um, that was kind of a awakening moment when I when I realized that um, we love this product, we crave for it. You know, it's over a ten billion dollar uh, industry. If you walk into a supermarket, you'll find honey everywhere, soda, alcoholic beverages, sauces, standalone product, bars, granolas, honey everywhere. And then there's this creature that's not thriving because we use them uh, to make honey. And then I said, okay, we have to do something about it. There has to be a way to make honey uh, while also empowering 20,000 wild native honeybee, bumblebee species uh, to thrive. And that was the mission that um, I pitched to investors together with my team. And uh, we raised uh, up to date uh, close to $10 million uh, to uh, you know, reimagine something that has been the same for thousands of years and tell that story um, to the world. And we're going to segue to the restaurant in a second. On your t-shirt is the company name. So tell us the name of your company and just one or two sentences about what the company does. Absolutely. This is Melody, world's first sustainable plant-based honey made um, directly from the plants that bees was usually visiting nature without the, without the work of the bees. And Melody is a brand owned by my company, Melibio. Melibio was launched in 2020 in Berkeley. We're now in Oakland, California. And the company was started um, by my co-founder, uh, Dr. Aaron Fowler and myself. Uh, my co-founder is an amazing scientist, but also a passionate home chef and gardener. And um, I, um, we met in San Francisco uh, 2019, couple of weeks after I landed in the U.S. in pursuit of my uh, American MB dream. <laughs> uh, a second ago, you mentioned all the different ways we find honey in a grocery store, etc. Um, either today, right now, or in the near future. How many of those products is Melody, Melody going to be a part of? Um, five years from now, most of the honey that you get to see is going to come from Melody. Um, and uh, what gives me confidence to communicate such a bold vision is um, an amazing team behind all of this. You know, you get to see and speak with one person here as the CEO and co-founder of the company, but there's a whole team of amazing people that come from all kinds of, uh, um, you know, profiles and expertise. We have the smartest people coming of Harvard, Stanford, uh, UC Berkeley, UC Davis, that are really getting very deep into the world of plants, world of bees, world, world of, you know, uh, world of, of making food, uh, manufacturing, and those people together, we make a team that I like to call the B Coalition. Um, and that B Coalition extends beyond our company, which is really cool because uh, if you think about Melody, uh, we wanna see Melody as a, you know, as a jar, as a ball of honey, but we also extend, uh, you know, extend our invitation to everybody, to all the restaurants, all the CPG companies out there that want to formulate with honey, so that when they reach out to us and start using our honey, we basically invite them to become the part of the, you know, the kind colony, the bee coalition, the team 
that's actually uh, saving the bees. Because what's really cool about the food industry um, uh, compared to any other industry out there, it's not a zero sum game. It's not, uh, we have to win so that, you know, general milses or kind bars of the world lose, or they have to win so that we lose. No, it's a game of collaboration. It's a playground. And all of us have the same goal in mind, which is protecting the planet and protecting what matters on this planet. What matters on this planet, I think it's nature. We get the nature from the bees and their pollination services. And um, at the end of the day, that helps us. Uh, you know, there's a selfish reason, uh, which is like protecting our life on this planet. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's who we are. And I'm really excited to say that, you know, five years from now, I think this is going to be the most of the, of the industry. And this is uh, an opportunity for all of us to learn from the bees, interact with the plants, and create a product that's delicious, nutritious, that everybody is excited about, and that science of it is as simple as taking the same plants that bees visit and turning them into plant-based honey. Speaking about Melody and the Bee Coalition, when it comes to MBAs and it comes to finance students and it comes to these really smart people, what do you think it is about Melody and the Bee Coalition? And what, what, I'm sorry, what was the kindness term you said? I love that one too. The, 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 the kind colony. The kind <laughs> colony. What is it about these ideas or the, the group itself yeah. that's attracting these elite students? And yeah. I'm not, I mean, I don't wanna say elite, when I think of students, sometimes I think of like college-aged. Yeah. Maybe everyone mostly is college age. I'm not sure. But what do you think about the coalition and the, the Melody group that's attracting these elite people? What is it about them, about this idea yeah. or this group? Uh, there, there's a certain level of, of, of passion off the goal and the mission that comes true when people get to learn about our company, Melibio, or our brand, Melody. So when people, uh, you know, Google Melody or Melibio, they get to see uh, materials, in my opinion, that uh, transfer passion. And uh, we invite uh, like passionate people uh, that care about the planet, that have expertise in certain domain, and they want to use that expertise for something greater than just making a product or a service that makes money for a certain company. Um, what I've noticed is that Actually, what's really cool is 75% uh, or so of our team is uh, female. Um, it, it, it really happened that we've attracted amazing uh, women, very passionate, uh, the best of the best in their industry. So that's really cool. Um, what's also really cool is that um, I think almost every person uh, on our team um, has uh, is either um, you know second or third generation or immigrant themselves so there's a lot of backgrounds you know people of from many different communities uh, are represented in our team and i think if you start with diversity as a default mm -hmm. i think what you gain for that team and the company is basically turning that team in the melting pot of ideas of you know of um, approaches if you just analyze the food that we eat at work. So a couple of days ago, we had Ethiopian. Before that, we had Vietnamese. Um, before, before that, we, you know, we had burgers. Then we had Italian. Just, just by looking at what we order for our company lunches as kind of cuisines, 
you can learn about our curiosity and openness as a team and a company. If you put that all together um, in a playground that's United States, that's California, the best place in the world to build businesses, I think what you get is a launching pad. And you get, you know, a launching pad of ideas that, you know, are very, um, you know, those ideas are, are, are in a way contagious. You know, people, people want to be exposed to them. People want to be part of that. And um, all of that creates a beautiful synergy and sync across the team so that we deliver our mission of, you know, creating those deeply satisfying moments for people while benefiting our planet and creating something that has an impact. So products either that we can buy today or in the near future. Let's talk about the actual process. How do we, how are you creating these products? Um, the process has to start with um, philosophy. You know, I think, you know, when, when people think about, you know, science and engineering and process, um, you know, what first comes to their mind is, you know, uh, what's the science? What's the engineering behind that? What's the, you know, the hard movements that happen in, 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 in the process of making something. But I would argue that every process, every science starts with a philosophy in the first place. So for us, our philosophy was there's honey made by the bees in the market, the real one, that product quality-wise is amazing, but has a baggage, has a, has a negative carry in terms of how it's made. Next to that, there's fake honey. There's basically adulterated uh, honey that's made by um, people taking fraudulent activities in blending a little bit of real honey and a lot of rice syrup. Um, and usually that's done outside of the US and some of those people are trying to get that product somehow in the US without um, you know, trying not to, to, not to be caught. The third group of products that we identified before launching our company and brand were vegan honey alternatives. Basically, all kinds of sweeteners catered only for the vegan population. There's, you know, products that call themselves something, something honey, alternative to honey, uh, made out of tapioca, dates, um, maple, um, you know, pure sugar, water, whatever. And these products are, um, you know, these products are just not honey. That's something that's attempt of trying to impersonate as honey, but it's not honey. But, you know, it's a legit product. It's in the market. People can buy it. So for us, what was missing is the four group, which is basically the category that we pioneered trailblaze, trailblazing now and creating, which is honey, the product that has the composition of real honey that doesn't have any uh, rice syrups, nothing that doesn't belong to honey, but it's not made by the bees and therefore by default is vegan and plant-based. So that was the category that we started and we didn't start it only for vegans. Obviously vegans are our early adopters. They, they love what we're doing. I'm vegan myself, uh, but I do understand and I want this to be an inclusive company and brand. And mm -hmm. therefore, we launched this for everybody, for everybody who likes delicious and nutritious foods, mm -hmm. that by choosing it, you're basically voting for those little creatures to survive on this planet.
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, and uh, you, you asked me about the process. So, um, you know, that's the philosophy. Uh, that's the concept. That's the guardrails. So when you start with the guardrails that you want to make honey only from uh, something that in nature has touched with bees and honey, it's, it's kind of very strict. And uh, my co-founder um, and I and the team, we were studying a lot of, you know, different honeys, a lot of different anatomy of the bees, the science behind honey production, you know, bees land on a flower, they suck up nectar. And there's, you know, there are a couple of things in bees anatomy, like, you know, bee saliva, honey bees, honey stomach, all these processes happening. So we studied all of that. Um, and we came up with this a proprietary process where we interact with the plants. We take different parts of the plants. What's really exciting and cool is if you look into the bee, a bee just lands on top of a flower and they suck something from the plant. What we can do, since we don't have to actually fly and land on a, on a flower, what we can actually do is we can actually take the whole plant, break it into different ingredients, and take parts of the plants that maybe bees don't have access to, like roots. So we take all of that, we take the ingre different ingredients from different plants. We have more than 30 different plants um, in, um, in our product that, that we launched. And we created this uh, process um, that is basically mixing all those ingredients in a food facility in, in a kind of a regular culinary approach and basically create a product that looks, uh, tastes, um, and behaves like honey. And I'm going to show it uh, to people sure. right now. This is the, the, wow. this is the product from a direct-to-consumer um, collaboration we just launched with 3 Michelin star 11 Madison Park in New York City. 11 Madison, that's a, that's a huge deal. Um, that is one of New York's most, you know, high level fine dining. How did you start that relationship? How did you get yeah. your product in this, I'm going to say very exclusive restaurant? What was that yeah. process like? Yeah. Thank you for asking that question, because this is an opportunity to really tell, um, in, in, in our opinion, you know, cool story, maybe because we're biased. But for us, it's, it's, it's a really cool story. Um, it started, um, uh, the, the story started in, um, in the, at the beginning of 2022. Um, um, we were busy with our, you know, process of making this honey. Um, we're still not having the final product. We're still not having, you know, the fully... A fully um, developed process to 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 make this product and bring it to the market, but we're getting there. And I was really excited with um, what our team was delivering at that time. And I started thinking, okay, at some point, sometime soon, we're gonna have a sample, and who should taste that sample? Um, the reason why the sample was important because it's a it was a one ounce jar, like a very tiny jar. I think we sourced those jars from. Uh, Amazon, uh, the jars that are usually used for cosmetics, like for those like uh, like uh, creams and stuff, it was like a black tiny jar, one ounce. And the cost of that sample was, uh, brace yourself, $300,000. Okay, yeah. I was not expecting that, okay. 300K 
was that jar. And how is it like, I was thinking, who should open this? Like, who should be, who should be the person to taste this? Obviously, after that, we scaled and, you know, honey, right, our honey right now is not, uh, you know, doesn't cause that much to be produced. But at that moment, it was very special. And I was just thinking, who, who should be, who should be the person who should try this? And in that week, I came across this podcast um, uh, that was featuring a chef. Um, and um, that chef, uh, his name is Daniel Hume. He's a Swiss, uh, Swiss chef um, who um, was sharing a story that I really resonated with. And the story was that he was le leading uh, you know, one of the most well-known restaurants in the world, Eleven Medicine, um, and that the COVID kicking in uh, learned, um, taught him a lesson about the importance of interaction of food uh, and the world around us and how, you know, the stories around if the virus came from animal, uh, whatnot, that inspired him to think more about the interaction between, you know, animals and, and people. And he took this responsibility as a chef to really think about what he wants to do next. So this chef from Eleven Medicine Park um, decided to turn his restaurant uh, fully plant-based. This was a very bold move. Some of the, you know, finest French cuisine, uh, you know, experts were very skeptical about that decision. But what I really cared as a person at that time is that there was someone who took responsibility to reflect on his own role in the food industry. And that immediately connected me with my story of being part of the honey industry before, working with bees, and now taking the responsibility to build the future that's kinder and sustainable. And, you know, I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I remember that podcast from Chef Daniel Hume. That was really amazing. And I said to myself, we have to get to this person. We have to get to this restaurant uh, they should be the one to taste that $300,000, one ounce of uh, um, uh, honey made without bees. So uh, I started my, I reached out to my investors. I reached out to my network, reached out to my people. And I said, guys, mission, the mission is we, we have to get to, uh, to people like that to send them a sample. In that process, I got to learn a lot about like high-end, you know, Michelin star restaurant and how they operate. One of the things that I learned is that there's probably most likely not an email address that you reach out or you don't just randomly send a sample like that and expect that they're going to open it, understand the story. They get to, to receive a lot of samples. Lots of people want to you know, uh, do it. Um, so that, that's going to be lost. I said, forget about it. I don't like this. This story has to be told. I don't want to just randomly uh, mail the sample. So my co-founder and I, we decided to uh, book a dinner at this restaurant. And that was an endeavor. That was so hard. You know, they just, you know, they just reopened. It was so hard to get, you know, a reservation there. We were able to get a reservation, um, fly from San Francisco to New York, show up as, you know, regular guests for, for a dinner. Um, and, you know, we loved the dinner. We loved the food. That was all amazing. And then at some point, we asked if someone from, from their team would love to talk to us and if they would want to see what we have for them. And um, that, you know, that was just the beginning of it. You know, 
they they were very excited. I remember there was a pastry chef there. Um, uh, there was a, a director of culinary development. They basically quickly assembled a panel of people, fermentation chef, and and they 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 wanted to hear what we have to say. And uh, that you know for me that was that was really amazing. That was a dream come true. Uh, you know, a, a kid growing up in Eastern Europe and thinking about you know impact that I want to make in my career. I never thought that I'm going to be having a you know company in San Francisco Bay Area and then I'm going to be pitching. Uh, to the highest culinary authority of the food industry, uh, you know, to pitch them honey without bees. And uh, that happened. And that was the beginning of the relationship. And they've been following us, uh, our growth. Uh, we've been exchanging information around the process. They are very, they are very careful around the food that they incorporate. They are a plant-based restaurant, but they don't usually work with, um, um, you know, kind of mainstream plant-based brands that they don't believe in the level of their quality and stuff. So for us, it was a, you know, big honor that they wanted to see what we're after, uh, that they care about this, and that they believe that the quality of this is at the level of premium honeys that they would otherwise source from, you know, local bee farms that have the you know highest quality honey. So you know it's a it's a dream come true. I think you know um, this jar uh, represents uh, you know the biggest achievement of my 11 year old career in the food and honey industry. Seeing our company brand next to the brand of you know the best restaurant in the world, the best plant based restaurant in the world is um, is really amazing. That's congratulations. That's that's. What I like is the bold move of just showing up. Obviously, you showed up and and you found a way to have that conversation and grow from there. Let's talk about the actual honey for a second. And this might be a silly question. Is the goal to taste just like honey? What's the taste profile like? And what was your goal as far as creating this plant-based honey from a flavor point of view? So th th that's an amazing question. And I, I love that conversation when we kind of uh, pause for a second in terms of thinking about, you know, the impact and environment and climate and just have like a product focused conversation. Um, there are three aspects of products that, you know, people, people care about. Number one by far is taste. Um, number two is price and number three is nutrition. Um, so if we are looking into these three aspects of this product in terms of the taste, what we're really after is the best tasting honeys that are made by the bees. So basically, basically the taste is to match, you know, exciting, rare honeys that you would find in, you know, um, uh, parts of Europe, France, Italy, uh, uh, also where I come from, Serbia. It's a country of very high quality um, acacia honey specifically. Then if we talk about, you know, New Zealand, Australia, that's Manuka honey. So these best honeys, in terms of the taste, are our inspiration for the taste, and we're matching that. Huh. So no compromise there. Uh, just give me any honey lover, any honey connoisseur. When we serve them our honey, I don't want to tell them a story. I want them to taste first, tell us the feedback, then I'll tell them the whole story. Uh, moving to the price, of course, I mentioned a three hundred thousand dollars one ounce jar. We we were able to scale the process since that time, and right now um, our honey is accessible to a certain part 
of uh, consumers. I, I do recognize today that our honey is um, cost-wise probably not accessible to all people and all the restaurants, but please bear with us. We're working on that. I come from uh, Eastern Europe. I grew up in poverty and I really want to make sure that everybody has access to this product at some point, but it will take us some time. So right now it's, it's, a, it's, it's a premium quality, but it's also a premium uh, price. In terms of the nutrition, we want to do it better than honey coming from the bees. And how can we do that? So there are a couple of things in which I believe that our team delivered a more superior product on the nutrition side. First and foremost, honey made by the bees contains a certain bacteria that's called Clostridium. Because of that bacteria, if you um, walk into a supermarket and grab a jar of honey, you'll see that uh, there's a warning on the label that says, do not feed to babies and infants less than a year or two years, depending on you know, um, what brand or what geography, because that bacteria can harm um, you know, infants, a gut that's developing at that time. With our product, with us making it without the bees, uh, we are free of that. So we are not, uh, we're not having that bacteria. The other aspect in which I believe our nutrition is superior is because, um, you know, people talk about allergies and pollen and some people say, oh, with local honey, you can actually get some of your allergies alleviated. Allergies are very tricky. And for some people, exposure to certain allergen can help them alleviate the allergy for other people that can create a mess. So what I'm really proud to say that our product is allergen free and that for people with allergies to honey and pollen, this is gonna be neutral. So this won't, this won't ca cause their allergies, um, allergies to, um, you know, to get activated. It won't, you know, it won't alleviate them because this is not a medicine, this is a food product, but it's right. very important to say that it has this aspect in terms of, uh, in terms of pollen presence. And um, finally, um, in terms of certain compounds that honey has that are considered to be kind of super ingredients or super foods, um, we have seen by testing our honey, we have seen that some of these compounds from plants that our honey has, actually there's more of those than uh, what's usually found in some of the honey types made by the bees. So basically, you know, the sugar profile is the same, the, the, the calorie content is the same, but the twist is that, that there's a little bit more of um, certain powerful active compounds that, that come from the plants. So taste the same as the best honey, price it's premium now, but we wanna make sure that in the future it's accessible to people and nutrition even better than uh, honey coming from the bees. Um, so forgive my wording, it's enhanced honey. Is that, is enhanced the right word or is there a better word out there? I, I like to call it a plant-based honey and, and that category of plant-based honey is already for itself alleviated to the level of, you know, being enhanced um, compared to bee-made honey. And I'm really happy that Melody is starting this category. We're the world's first plant-based honey. And um, I'm really hoping that, you know, people will love it because uh, when you taste it, there's um, this is a cool story too. There's one sentence, exactly one same sentence 
that um, we get to hear across um, uh, 5,000 people that were involved in tasting this before it hit the market. Um, and that sentence goes the same, it's honey. So people taste it, they're amazed with it, and they say, oh my God, it's honey. So there's this one sentence that's really great. I think at some point we'll have to you know, create a campaign or a tagline or something like that because people are just amazed because um, you know, there are certain products that are you know, plant-based that you know, have their best heart in a place in terms of the mission and the impact, but are just not delivering on expectations that people have. And we wanted to make sure that people across different categories of nutrition say that this is honey and that they love it. Because, you know, if we do that, you know, vegans will automatically be happy, but we're going to have uh, a wider and a you know, wider audience, uh, you know, to cater and, and make happy with this product. I absolutely agree with you. And I am, they can't, that campaign's going to write itself because of such a unique product. Uh, let's take a step back for a second, because right now at this moment, is the honey available at 11 Madison home? Is it currently available? Yeah. As, okay. as we're speaking, um, honey is currently available within a specialty box, um, yeah. specialty tea and honey box launched for um, a Mother's Day collection uh, in Earth Month. Uh, it's um, it's a specially curated box of artisanal teas coming from different parts of the world, uh, honey, and also amazing, delicious shortbread cookies, all plant-based, uh, also made uh, made with our honey. So that's available right now as we speak. And uh, sometime very soon, um, this product as a standalone jar will also be available to Eleven Medicine Home, which is a a brand of 11 Madison Park um, restaurant, yeah. The amount of credibility that your product has being at 11 Madison. So I wanna go back to, you're at the restaurant that night, from the night you have dinner there, what, whether it's three steps, five steps, 10 steps, what it took to get from, I don't wanna say a cold call, but a cold dinner appointment to <laughs> having them place it at their at their spot so if we can just summarize what that journey looked like and then for you as a business owner what lessons you learned from them to go through that process so so from the cold dinner to this jar what was in the middle was um, hours and hours hundreds of hours of conversations and what I learned as a business owner is that conversations are necessary for trust to be built. If there's a you know, culinary authority awarded with three Michelin stars and so many awards, and there's you know, basically a new company, a startup, there's a big, there's a big disbalance in terms of um, you know, authority and the, you know, brand equity and the image and reputation that it has. Um, and what we wanted to make sure as a team that you know, we had many conversations internally within the team where we said, guys, this is an opportunity for us. This is the marquee um, partnership, marquee customer for us to get the product out there. Let's prioritize this. When, when we get an email from them, let, let's meet, let's get together. Let's just not respond to an email just all of a sudden. Let's think through it. Let's see 
when they ask about what is this made, let's go beyond the ingredients list. Let's let's show them the photos of the plants that we source. Let's tell them a story of where these plants are found. Let's tell them the story of the terroir. Because if you think about all these future of food products, all these companies creating the new industries, um, these companies are led mostly by amazing scientists who know how to make products in a different way. But what's very often forgotten, this culinary story, the story of terroir, the story of, you know, the story of the plants around us. And I think the 11 Medicine Park team was amazed to see uh, on the other side, uh, a bunch of experts who are, you know, forward thinking, who understand that we want to advance towards um, a better process, a better product, but we also don't forget the nature around us. And we are actually doing this for the nature that's around us. So I think that level of thoughtfulness, attention to detail, and our ability to go, um, you know, an extra mile for them, I think that paid off. So all of that plus lots of patience, because these people take time to move. These are the best culinary minds in the world. They're creative. They're not on a timeline of, oh, let me check in with you. You haven't got back to me since three days ago. This is not insurance sales, guys. This is not, you know, this is not a, you know, category manager and retailer where you have to follow up maybe 60, 70 times every week until you get a response. These are the best culinary minds in the world. So you have to give something to them. So I'll give you an example. We did have to follow up because you know that's that's a normal thing. But I, when we would be following up, I wouldn't be saying, "Hey, can you get back to us?" I would be adding more. Hey, you know what? That plan that we mentioned. Here's something more on that plan. Here's the report on the bees. Here's the video that we did, and that was really amazing. Um, uh, last year in May, there was a kind of a mid-step. Uh, we um, uh, we pitched them this idea to uh, uh, partner for a World Bee Day, which is May 20th. So for May 20th, uh, 2022, we pitched them idea of um, uh, organizing an event uh, in 11 Madison Park and invite like mayor of New York, invite, invite uh, you know, investors, people from the business community, uh, United Nations Diplomatic Corps, inviting those people to taste Michelin star food made with our product. You know, it's like a specialty menu for that them. That was a really, really smart idea. Good for yes. you. That's a really smart idea. So basically I, I thought, you know, if these guys, you know, if these guys want to see what's that B coalition that we have in mind, let us show them how we can execute. Let us, let us show them how we want to pay them respect. Let's do an event at their place versus any other Michelin star restaurant that wanted to work with us. So basically, basically that was the midst, midst, uh, 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 that was the middle step between you know the cold dinner, uh, lots of conversation between the World B Day collaboration. We did a fantastic video published on our website, and then finally that all resulted with you know this collaboration. That's incredible. Congratulations. I'm gonna go from the science world and the business world for a second, back down to just the foodie world. Um, you said much earlier in the conversation that you are a foodie. So just to simplify, to get it back to deliciousness, tell me a little bit about food pairing and tell me about, because you just mentioned foods made with this honey, yeah. what are some incredible food pairings that you'd recommend with this honey? 
when I like to talk about food, I always like to join food and beverage because, you know, eating and sipping, it's it's kind of, it's just connected, right? Of course. Uh, and I'll start with the beverage first. I think um, I think this honey is perfect for mocktails and cocktails. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's really amazing how uh, it comes true in various variations of beverages and gives just enough of sweetness that someone is looking in their alcoholic cocktail or non-alcoholic cocktail. Um, we did a couple of, uh, you know, bees knees uh, additions, uh, you know, with various partners. And, you know, that's, that's our favorite. Um, in terms of food, I would uh, split it into savory and sweet applications. Um, sweet applications are my favorite. I just have a sweet tooth. Uh, my favorite dessert ever, ever, ever uh, is baklava. Baklava comes from the part of the world where I come from. It's kind of a, you know, Balkan, Turkish, Middle Eastern uh, uh, dessert ma made with, uh, you know, uh, phyllo sheets, uh, uh, lots of nuts, and obviously honey. So for, for me, one of the first things that we made within the team, and that I actually kindly asked my wife, who's a home chef, to make it for me with our honey, was baklava, because you know, turning vegan, I miss baklavas a lot. Uh, so uh, uh, baklavas are amazing. Um, also, uh, we did an amazing collaboration with a restaurant in San Francisco for all the folks who are, you know, based on the West Coast. There's a upscale plant-based restaurant, Baia, B-A-I-A, Baia in San Francisco. It's an um, upscale Italian plant-based restaurant, and they created this amazing um, uh, vegan panna cotta uh, with our honey on top. Um, I invite everybody to, you know, uh, Google search, visit this restaurant because they're gonna see a culinary mastery developed by chef Joshua Yap, who is um, an amazing talented chef um, who started uh, working with um, uh, chef Matthew Kenny, who is also a very famous uh, plant-based chef. Uh, so we did that in, in, in San Francisco. In terms of savory applications, that's something that I'm really excited about because that opens a whole new world of opportunities. Uh, how we can interact stuff like pizza and honey. How can we interact, you know, burgers and honey? Um, obviously, honey and uh, you know, vinaigrette and olive oil uh, can be used as a you know dressing for salads. Honey mustard, you know, just name it. Anything that you want to have a little bit of an kind of an energy kick and sweetness, just add a tad of honey and you'll see, you know, you'll see what, what happens there. So um, try, try it on your own uh, and, and go beyond granola and, you know, oatmeal breakfast that, you know, it's, it's kind of a cliche. You can uh, always put some sweetener on top. Just go beyond. I challenge you all. The culinary world is so exciting and, you know, pairing something that um, we took time to, to think through as a concept can so surprise us in a good way. That's beautiful. I love it. You're making me hungry. I think the spectrum of different opportunities, uh, the, uh, the the drinks wise and both sweet and savory. What did the next few months, what's next for Melody? What's the, what are the next steps out there for you? Um, it's, it's just getting this product into as many restaurants as possible in this country. Um, food services are priority. Um, we want to meet people at the place where they eat, which are basically restaurants. Um, people are inquiring about the standalone product. 
um, people will be able to get it very soon through 11 Medicine Home outside of the box that I mentioned. And, you know, looking into these partnerships and just expanding, just working on this ability to get this product to as many people as possible and just to invite everybody to participate in this, uh, you know, B mission of creating the sustainable future of honey. Um, so um, people will start seeing us in many different places. We're definitely focused on a couple of geographies, which are San Francisco, LA, and New York to start with, and, you know, hopefully expanding across the country. It's going to take time, you know, food endeavors, food projects, food startups take time. This can happen overnight. And I'm just excited about every tiny step in this uh, journey until Melody becomes the word for honey, uh, at least in the United States. I love that. That's fun. So one more time, it's what's the big ask from the audience? We, we've heard your passion. We've heard the science. We've heard the flavor. You're amazing, ambitious. I mean, just walking into a restaurant like that. I mean, that's that's a bold move. So congrats that it worked out. So tell us again what's available and tell us again how to find it and uh, let us know what our options are to just follow you more and, and support you. Yeah, I invite people to uh, I invite people to uh, follow us on Instagram and TikTok uh, at Melody M E L L O D Y Foods all together. Um, in terms of purchasing this, head to elevenmedicinehome.com and you can purchase it there. Um, what all of you can do to help um, saving the bees is learning more about bees, learning more about pollinators, um, and you can do it through our social media. And finally, if you're equally passionate about bees and plant as we are, ask your favorite restaurant to reach out to us to offer melody in your favorite restaurant. It can be a vegan restaurant or non-vegan. We, we're going to work with all the restaurants that reach out to us where people ask to see our product offered either on the menu, either within a meal, or just if you order a cup of tea and you want a side of melody. Mm -hmm.